So when I was doing some research the other day, I read that apparently uh, having sex is you burn the equivalent calories that you do in a 10K run, which to me sounds ridiculous because who's running 10Ks in 30 seconds? <laughs> I think that was a joke you were reading personally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course, 30 seconds is a joke. Uh, <laughs> speaking of jokes, he says, trying to segue away to something else. Um, <laughs> Is either I'm going colorblind, there could be another reason for that, but uh, either I'm going colorblind or... Um, <laughs> That's just blind. <laughs> uh, or there's something different about our logo. Yeah, well, I did a redesign on the logo because uh, we're, we're heading into season two and we needed to, to sort of refresh our image. Right. This reminds me of the time that you decided to do an, uh, an interview all on your own, uh, and it became what's made again with Scott. Um, what happened to season one? We finished season one. Oh. The season one is over. Well, you need to let it go. Right? No, that's good. No, congratulations to us. Well done. Yeah. Now we're on season two, and in honour of that, we're going to do two episodes a month. That sounds shit. Um, <laughs> how, uh, how about we just we just record one episode like the way we normally would and we'll just split it into two and we'll just pretend that that's somehow different and innovative. That sounds kind of lazy, but I can see the appeal. We could do our, <laughs> our regular deep dive episodes as usual and then stuff like You're Not Helping could be in the second episode of the month. It's disappointing that you're implying that uh, You're Not Helping is somehow shallow. It's outrageous. <laughs> um, how, would, how would I do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, what are we talking about in this episode? You did read the notes I sent you, didn't you? Uh, you met me, right? Um, let's, let's pretend I did, uh, but I'd like to hear it from, from in your own words to ensure that I, I'm clear about what I did type about. them in my own words in the, in the memo I sent you, but I will, use, I will use spoken language to fill you in. So, Thanks, um, teacher Scott. Today I'll talk about uh, how I'm having a late-life crisis uh, because of facing my 60th birthday and and all the uh, potential health concerns physical changes the stuff about retirement loneliness mental health and mortality that that comes with turning 60 but we're going to face that head on we're not going to shy away from it you can talk about memory loss as well like the way that you forgot to tell me that you changed the logo and we were doing season two sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh all right here add, well let's add hearing loss as well <laughs> All right, sounds delightful. <laughs> Let's get started, shall we? Okay, and record. You know, CJ, sometimes I look at myself and think, who's that old fart? Yeah, you know, sometimes I think that when I look at you too. But I feel the same as I did in my 40s. What happened? Yeah, and your memory's going as well. Why don't we feel our age? Actually, yeah, I reckon there's a podcast in that. We could ask why society considers people who are over 50 years old. That's a great idea. No, I was just kidding. But, but think about it. Every episode, we can research a different topic related to ageing. That sounds like quite a lot of effort. And the other joys of ageing, like mailing a stool sample, working with millennials, and even mystery muscle pain. Actually, yeah. What does my shoulder hurt? Hey, we could talk about those unhelpful stereotypes, like over 50s are forgetful and bad with technology. What's this button do again? Oh, yeah. Welcome to What's My Age Again? This is me. And this is me. 
and welcome to What's My Age Again Again and Again. Okay, so CJ, this edition, we're going to be celebrating my 60th birthday. Woohoo! And and I'm so up for a celebration because it's absolutely the last thing I want to do. I mean, other than die. Well, the second last, right? Yeah, I, I am. I am quite quite okay with the idea of not dying, but <laughs> I, I, I don't. The idea of being sixty is quite um, daunting, I think, for me. So, in fact, one of the reasons I was motivated to do a podcast about aging with you was because I knew that because you're old and you've got no friends. There's that. There is that. But 60 was, I knew 60 was approaching. It was like when we first started, it was less than a year away. Um, and uh, I, I just was like, it was confronting. And I was looking at all the, the things that that meant. And you went, you know what my life's lacking of the last 59 and a half years? Podcasts. And obsessively focusing on turning, getting older. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make me feel better about it. <laughs> Do you know what? I haven't felt bad about my 30th birthday for a while. <laughs> yeah. If only I could relive that in minute detail. Publicly. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, kids. If uh, if you're looking for things to fill your bucket list with, there's a couple for you. Yes, absolutely. Now, but I guess before we go on to that, though, we need to uh, to share what we're drinking. Welcome to What's My Beer Again? Okay, so CJ, what's your beer again? My beer tonight is, I'm going to do a slightly weird accent then, my beer tonight. My beer tonight. There was probably more of a speech impediment than an accent, I'm sure that was. Is uh, from Bright Brewery, which is a Melbourne brewery, called Stubborn. Stubborn. It used to be called Stubborn Russian <laughs> up until about 12 months ago. Okay. Then they went through a rebrand. I thought they might have uh, gone stubborn Ukrainian. <laughs> stubborn Putin. It's <laughs> a, a uh, sorry for uh, destroying your brand, Bribery. It's an Imperial Stout. It is a 355ml can that contains 4.5 standard drinks. So that's uh, six, 16%, which I wasn't really paying attention to. Uh, when I chose it as my drink of choice <laughs> before having dinner uh, and <laughs> recording a podcast. That's it has that. layers of sweet chocolate, dark espresso, and a subtle spice. Well, you're going to ask me what my beer is again? Sorry, what? Oh. <laughs> What's your beer again? My beer is no beer at all. What day is it again? <laughs> my beer is Penfold. Oh, you got an Aldi beer again. No, no, Penfold's Bin 28, Shiraz. Oh. A 2019 vintage, which is apparently an okay uh-huh. one. Um, it's a deep, dense cherry black colour, dark and brooding. The blackberry fruits and black olive tapenade nose seeks into a dark berry fig and dark chocolate flavour on the palate. The ideal, ideal drinking time is from now until 2040. So I could have put this down... <laughs> Could have put this down for another 17 years, but I'm drinking it tonight. Oh, the, the, the best drinking time was like just continually drink it from <laughs> now until. Uh, now, let's see, because you gave me the alcohol content. What's the alcohol content of this? This is 
14.5% alcohol. Uh, and in the bottle I have here, it's 8.5 standard drinks. <laughs> right. So I don't think I'll be finishing it tonight. Well, if I do, <laughs> I may not finish tonight at all. <laughs> right. Well, that's because you're, not, you're notoriously a lightweight. Yes. I was going to make that joke, but you beat me too. <laughs> anyway, so we are going to talk about my 60th birthday and not in a um, any kind of self-congratulatory way because I hate birthdays. I've always hated birthdays. I am not looking forward to celebrating any birthdays, let alone one where I qualify for a seniors card. <laughs> See, that's I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I like well. the the idea of a seniors card is awesome, and this is the this falls into the I'm not tight. I just like value for money. The any, <laughs> anything that's going to get me a discount on something, I'm in. Okay, so I guess I've always hated birthdays. It's never been something I've loved to celebrate, even when I was even when I was thirty. <laughs> you know, although, did I tell you the story about when I turned thirty? <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell that story again. But what I would say is, I think probably that. That, that experience of the 30th birthday stopped me ever wanting to be the guest of honour at anything ever again <laughs> because I feel like that, that really, that soured it for me. So I've had, I've had my kids talking to me about a 60th birthday party for some time and friends, you know, I do have some friends, people at work saying, mm-hmm. are you going to have a party? No. Why? Because I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to celebrate this. I don't want to. I don't even want to acknowledge that it's happening, even though I'm now recording a podcast about it. That's beside the point. But I think, um, I think one reason I'm, I'm worried about turning sixty is I took it very, very badly when I turned fifty. Got, got pretty depressed, and at that time, I just my life had fallen apart for the second time and this is where it gets really maudlin. I'm going to try and keep it upbeat here. But uh, <laughs> but my life was a mess at 50 and I it didn't it didn't hit well at all. 50 was just this horrible time when I, I looked back at what I expected to have, would have happened with my life and what actually happened with my life and there was such a big discrepancy that it was pretty depressing. Your idea of upbeat and mine is slightly different. <laughs> But um, the good news is my life is way, way, way better than it was 10 years ago. Uh, so I, none of the reasons that I might be upset about it all exist except for the fact that it's just this massive thing. This, to me, 60 is just a big deal It's a, in, in not, and not in a good way. So you're innovative in that you, keep, you come up with new reasons to be unhappy about turning a zero birthday. Hey, and that's 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 true, and it's unusual because I'm not I'm normally a uh, a glass half full kind of person. I'm not normally a uh, person who looks for the downside and everything. Uh, and then and then birthdays, and then birthdays. There's that. So uh, it begs the question: How did you feel about turning forty? That didn't seem to worry me, even though no. well, I wasn't quite. My first marriage hadn't broken up then. It was things the world wasn't great in that regard, but it hadn't actually happened. And I thought that there was still a chance that things might have come out okay, and they didn't. But anyway, again, 
Um, <laughs> let's make light of this. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like uh, during the period of 44 and a half and 44 and three quarters, uh, things were going quite well for you, but unfortunately you didn't have a birthday occurring during that period of time. Yes. Right. And, yeah, and then, and that, of course, I'd, that was 14 years after my 30th birthday, so I didn't want to have a birthday party anyway because I would just disgrace myself again. Well, here's your opportunity. Based on your history of birthday parties, for your 60th, because you're old mm-hmm. and your you, memory's going and you can't do just fuck it up really badly. <laughs> like, go out of your way to make it as horrendous as possible. How will this be good? Well, it will have a twofold benefit. Oh, okay. One is that it will be potentially quite cathartic for you. And two, uh, your kids will never suggest giving you a birthday party ever again. <laughs> I'm all above at the second point. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how it could be cathartic. Anyway, because I feel like my life is much better than 10 years ago, yet I'm still concerned about the idea of turning 60, I thought I'd do a little Googling um, and see what things there are that worry men as they approach 60. And what did you, your little Google tell you? My little Google told me, okay, it's not that little. <laughs> okay, the, the number one concern was health concerns because as we age, uh, obviously there's a risk of developing health conditions such as heart disease, cancer, and arthritis. Uh, uh, and, again, this is where this whole idea for a podcast is really bad because this is where? when you, when you start – your comedy podcast talking about heart disease, cancer, and arthritis, and then then moving on to cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. It's never good. Well, it explains a lot of our previous podcasts. It does, absolutely. So, and, and uh, worry about prostate health and sexual dysfunction. So um, can, you, can you make some funny jokes about those, please, CJ? <laughs> um, uh, no. No pressure. Well, that's the uh, that's the problem with uh, having a large prostate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you say about that? So, number two is physical changes. No, oh, yes, you get hair. Your voice starts to deepen. You get hair growing in places that you weren't expecting. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of the other way around. It's you, you find that you're going bald in places you weren't expecting and your voice starts to go up. But then hair starts growing in places you don't expect either, like out your ears and out your nose. And I'm a firm believer that the you grow the same amount of hair is that it just instead of growing out of your head, it grows inwards and comes out your ears and your nose. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I don't know why that is. Anyway, the, the physical changes that uh, the uh, the thing I looked at alluded to were um, – Loss of muscle mass, decreased energy levels, and changes in appearance such as balding or graying hair and wrinkles. Okay, and the, the problem with this is... is this uh, Has this been peer-researched and peer-reviewed? That's some quite outlandish claims. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I don't know where they got this information from. It's almost like they're looking at the, the video feed of this podcast. <laughs> They seem to look older, but they're talking in a way that seems to be getting younger. <laughs> what is wrong with these guys? 
anyway, apparently those things, those things that decrease energy levels and all the balding and graying hair and wrinkles can in- impact your self-esteem and self-image. Oh, no shit. Um, yeah. And surprise, surprise, this can be a source of worry for some men. I'm not quite sure which men it wouldn't be a source of worry for, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, yeah, because that's, that's one of the things I've always been looking forward to. When, uh, when people would ask me when I was a kid, what are you looking forward to when you grow up? I can't wait until I'm starting to go bald and getting a bit more wrinkly. I have to say that there was a point in my, well, probably about 10 or 12, where I liked, looked forward to the time that I had um, sideburns that were greying like Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> and also the rubbery arms. Right, right. Mm. Well, you got halfway there because you had the rubbery legs. <laughs> the wobbly boot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the lesser-known superpower of Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, the wobbly boot. <laughs> the short-lived extra character. It's Putin time. <laughs> Beware the wobbly boot. <laughs> Uh, number three on this list is the, is retirement. And the age of 60 is often associated with retirement. Oh, fuck off. Retirement. I mean, like, I mean, I would love to retire and do something else, like, but that's not, a, that's not an option for me at this stage. My financial future relies on me working for... Ever? Yeah, it seems like it. Um, so many approach to retirement, more the planning for the potential for retirement. And hoping for the best. Uh, this yeah. can bring financial I, worries. Mm, yeah, I did my uh, how long will my super last me calculation the other day mm-hmm. on uh, on the my superannuation website, and it went, you can live a happy, productive life to sixty five. <laughs> right. At what point? What point were you having to retire to get to sixty five? Uh, so that was if I retired at sixty. If I retired at sixty. Seven, uh, then I would make it to seventy-three. So as long as I'm dead by seventy-three, mm. I'm fine. Which is why I'm drinking four-point-five standard drink. You have to find some rich widow. Yes. Yeah. Or widower. So, so. Get into this. <laughs> well, when you get into this age, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, hang on. Unless I've got a stash of Viagra. <laughs> well, look. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Depends on how much money they've got. <laughs> yeah, so that was a bit. Uh, yes, so I can. Uh, yes, I can appreciate that one because that was a bit, uh, a bit, conf- a little bit confronting. That's a shame I don't lose my job between now and then, now and then as well. This is getting maudlin again. We need to stop this. <laughs> but then I guess I get honestly. I'm looking at the, what's coming up, and it's not going to get any better. Okay, because uh, retirement. Uh, there may also be some concerns of concerns about the loss of purpose or identity tied the person to their job or career so you retire and then you feel like you're no longer who you you know you're no you're no longer worthwhile and all that kind of stuff i wonder how much because i like i know of people that that's happened to Mm. and there was quite a thing of like when i was younger you probably had the same thing of you would know people who retire and then four and a half weeks later they'd be dead yes but that doesn't seem to be as much of an issue Anymore. I agree, and I think I think some of that's to do with the fact that like men are a bit more um, self reliant now. Mm. They're, they're more they're not so reliant on their wives to do everything for them, and they they suddenly they actually have a role in the home. 
or like you and I, we both live alone. <laughs> we have to do everything for ourselves anyway. So it's not like we're going to be, you know, sitting there staring at the walls because we've still got shit tons of things to do. Mm. Like, you know, you could have, you could find things to do. I mean, and, and, and obviously not, not just work, but lots of other, th- you know, things that I could find to do that would be keeping me occupied. And also I think from a marriage perspective, like when you look back at our parents' generation, they kind of got married and then realised after about 20 years that they hated each other and that was just yeah. the way it was and you kind of stuck together <laughs> for the rest of your life. So the idea of a, uh, a husband being at home full time, either he went your grandfather's route and tried to build a shed and had a heart attack <laughs> or most likely his, uh, his wife probably killed him. All of which accounts for the um, lesser lifespan of the male. Yeah, so I think the maybe with the, the increase in like older divorce rates over the years, meaning, like, as you say, that we've had to become much more self-sufficient mm. on things. Uh, and so and it's potentially it changes that focus of my entire identity now isn't just what's work-related. It's there's, a, there's other things that I've had to get involved in and, and, and do so. I know from my perspective, so, uh, for my man was entirely work-based yep. but because yep. he was a tradie he just continued to do what he did at work at home yep um but for me it's like I, if i could retire tomorrow i would because i've got a shit ton of other stuff that i could be doing and if you go on to bing and just type in xxx that'll keep you going for a couple <laughs> of days <laughs> only only a couple of days is that what well, all that is for you can only have so much viagra <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, get out the uh, the pistol and put the the single bullet in and spin the chamber. Because the next the, the next thing number four is I thought it was for that one. <laughs> no, it gets worse. Loneliness and isolation. As people age, they may face the loss of friends and loved ones, which can lead to feelings of isolation. So, yeah, I would agree with that. This comes back to my fundamental issue of a lot of the stuff around ageing and turning 50 and 60 is that this is all quite valuable advice for somebody who's not 60. If mm. that's somebody who's turning 80, yeah. I could go, yeah, I could understand that. But nobody's entire friend group is dying at 60 unless they're Jeffrey Dahmer's <laughs> Having said that, I just had a friend die at sixty. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, making me feel stupid now. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's the that's the exception rather than the rule. Mm. Touch wood. And I think that, it, but it, what it does do is it makes you realise you're you're coming into a period of you know where that is probably more likely to continue. Like the longer you live, the more likely it is that people you know will die. It's just it's just pure. Statistics. I learned that from Fight Club. So the other thing is, of course, that leads to feelings of isolation is children might move away, or if a spouse has passed away, this can also make you feel not good. Eh, it depends on how well the marriage was going. Well, that's true. I think if any of my spouses had passed away, it wouldn't have been that big a problem. <laughs> let's edit that. Let's edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and while we're on this cheery subject, number five is mortality. Turning 60 can be a stark reminder of one's mortality. Look, I have to say, like you hear most of the famous people, like people we looked up to when we were younger, say, for instance, like Paul McCartney, 
Like he's mm. he's eighty now or something, right. and then a lot of people are in their late seventies and all that. Mm. I know you mentioned the other day about Michael Keaton, who's like seventy two or seventy three or yeah, something, yeah. and they're sort of be going strong. So, I mean, like it's not round the corner, but it's certainly a stark reminder that there's a whole lot more time behind you than ahead of you. Mm. And and when I like when I look back, say to my thirtieth birthday from from my sixtieth, just as a random example. Yeah, but if I live to be the age of my parents, then there's my 60th birthday will be as far away as, as my um, mm. 30th birthday is now, in which case that's fine. I can live with that. But, I mean, Literally. If, I get, if I get to what how David Bowie was like 68 or something, mm. that's suddenly quite soon by comparison to 90. So, yeah, I don't know. It, or, or a 60 like my friend Max who died. Well, it's super worthwhile. A lot of these things have crossed my mind, but I have kind of moved past them and just gone, well, all I can do is live my life and like have as much fun as possible. Mm. So that's my, my um, that's my whole uh, reason for being now is to just maximise whatever I do. So in a way, I think you can turn all this to a, to a good thing. I do feel like the mere fact that we've started recording a podcast at this time. At this age. Uh, well, it is... It's something that we probably would have done when we were much younger. Well, if we if, if we had any sense of purpose or... The internet existed. Yeah. Well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> if there'd been some kind of worldwide web. <laughs> if our Commodore 64s could have been networked. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't fear death so much even. I don't, I think, I think to me, and this is what's... Um, oh, my God, what's that behind you? <laughs> now, to me, death is, uh, and, and we, we one day, one day when we feel so inclined, we will do an episode on death. But to me, death is very much like um, I think Sam, uh, Mark Twain uh, said. They're going to say Santa then. I was going to say Samuel Clemens, who's right. which is Mark, Mark Twain is his um, pseudonym. Mm. But Mark Twain said something like, "I don't fear death. I was dead for billions of years before I was born." And it's like, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, because uh, I was the youngest child and my family were always talking about, remember when we lived here or remember that holiday we went on and I had never been involved in that because I, was, I wasn't born yet. Right. So I used to have a bit of FOMO about that. But basically, what, what, what do you do about it? And, and I, was, I was, wasn't alive at that point. And there will be a time I won't be alive again. But it wasn't horrible not being alive. I didn't, wasn't, I didn't experience that because I wasn't alive. Yeah, it's like the old joke of uh, being dead is like being stupid. The only person that doesn't know is you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm less worried about that than I used to be. As I've I think we've said, I've ex- expressed at least once before, possibly more on this podcast. I fear birthday parties. <laughs> I, I fear having sort of like mental impairment more than dying. As in more than. Now, more, more mentally impaired than I am now. Yes, right, right. I'm, right. I'm talking about Alzheimer's or uh, dementia or something like that. Right, that's what I fear more than dying. And now a word from our sponsors. Ever since the dawn of time, humankind has been on a path. We emerged from the cave and began to learn. We learned to write. We learned to build. We learned about our gods. We also did some stupid shit, like sacrificing people, sacrificing our children, and finally, sacrificing our god. Lightbulb Moments in Human History tracks humanity's big ideas and 
the eccentricities of those who conceive them. It's available now at all good bookstores. And it's not the history you were taught in school. So I was listening to a guy yesterday who was fascinating, who is potentially a um, another episode in itself. So similar to the Lifestyle Diet and Shit episode where we mm. talked about Mark, Dr. Michael Rose. So this yeah. guy is um, Daniel Sinclair. But he's doing doing research into reversing aging. So he's actually lobbying governments to have aging listed as a disease okay. so that doctors can prescribe medication that can help reduce the level of aging. So he's done his him him and his gang of uh, scientists. I'm not sure if that's collective enough for scientists, but I can just imagine these scientists walking with leather jackets on and flick knives. <laughs> his West Side Story of scientists. <laughs> Uh, like yeah, they've um, they're doing stuff or have done stuff like going, let's make this uh, this mouse disappear. They <laughs> <laughs> think you're Richard Gere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's make this mouse older, and so by manipulating something in the mouse's DNA, it makes them older. And they go, mm-hmm. all right, well let's uh, let's make the mouse younger again, and then just manipulate something that makes it younger again. And so they, they in mice, they... See, it sounds... Let's give it an enormous... <laughs> See, having said it, having, having described it in that way, it does sound like just a bunch of guys in leather jackets with flick eyes going, let's fuck around with some mice. Uh, for Dr. Sinclair's lawyers, you can contact us through any of our social websites. That, that, that amused me far more than it should have. <laughs> essentially, um, uh, he essentially he was saying that they've sorted aging, so okay. they can uh, the the concept of uh, your longevity and your age and all that sort of shit is in your DNA is no longer. Oh. It's um, there's. They've identified particular molecule molecules and hormones and some other shit that I kind of wasn't paying attention to that uh, that have direct influences on aging. So the the kind of takeaway from it was he's got a book out apparently. Mm-hmm. But the, the takeaway from it was that you can actually reverse reverse the visible signs of aging. Well, yes, and also the biological signs of aging. The mm. thing that interested me is that he talked a lot about biological age versus chronological age. And I was okay. standing there pointing at the screen going, I know what you're on about, Dan. Yeah, we've talked <laughs> yes. about that. We have yeah. a podcast about that. We you should probably, have you on as a guest. Yeah, yeah you probably uh, you probably picked that up from listening to episode one. We have influenced the whole future of aging and, well, not aging as the case may be. Oh, no, yeah. Yes, so, um, and I did ask the question, uh, how does this, or does this interrelate with Michael Rose's evolution and diet and lifestyle and shit? Uh, mm. does, is that interrelated? And they chose not to answer it. Oh, fair enough. That could be because there was a lot of questions rather than there was a stupid question. But Or it could be because it's a cover-up, massive cover-up. Yeah, it could also be because of a lifestyle diet and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, yeah, it was fascinating. It was um Essentially, that they now have the the ability to reverse aging, and it's and he provided a um, like a list of here's the supplements that I take, 
that help do all that. And it's, the, the funny thing was is that it sounded like one of those um, pyramid scheme things you <laughs> see on TikTok, or, but oh, yeah. it wasn't. It was okay. Yeah, it's it had all the all the markings of this is as bad as dodgy as you can get, but it was actually all legit stuff. Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was fascinating. Uh, and now number six is changing roles, and that's not toilet rolls because that can be stressful. Particularly in my house, where my daughter for some reason can't change a toilet roll, and she will actually leave a a a like she'll finish a roll and then she just places the wrapped one and balances it on the toilet roll holder for me to put it on there. So, in fact, um, changing rolls is harder than you would expect. <laughs> uh, anyway, this changing rolls, R-O-L-E-S, not R-O-L-L-S. Aging can lead to changes in familial or societal roles. Okay, this could mean becoming a grandparent. Check, I've done that. This could mean needing to care for aging parents. I've, check, I've done that, but they've now died, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. And next one is facing ageism in various social contexts, which we've been talking about a lot over yeah. the last six months. Yeah, been doing that for the last 10 years. So. Yep. yep. So they're all things that can happen. So they were but all yes. fucking wrong then? Well, well, no, sorry, they were correct, just their timing was out. Uh, and now, now one to this last, uh, our last attempt to do this was so, so such a downer because yeah. looking back at our list, we started off with health concerns, then physical changes, retirement loneliness and isolation, mortality, changing roles, and now seven, our second last one, mental health. <laughs> Note to self, stop letting Scott choose podcast topics. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> don't, you have to come up with something better next time. Uh, stress related to the above factors, surprise, surprise, as well as changes in brain chemistry with age can lead to mental health issues such as depression and anxiety, which I suppose might account for the fact that I'm worried about turning 60. Who can say? Although I'm way ahead of the game because I've already got that. <laughs> when I turn 60, I'll be able to go, I've been practising this for the last 30 years. And uh, number eight, last one is lifestyle changes. Okay, there may be a need or desire to change lifestyle habits, such as diet, exercise, to maintain health, but making such changes can be challenging and stressful. I think this list is a really negative list. Mm. Like the whole idea is they said making change uh, to maintain health. It's like, what's good? Or is it? And then they've gone, but making changes can be challenging and stressful. So fuck you. <laughs> it's quite a roller coaster. That's not, that's not the sort of thing you want when you're 60. No, you have a heart attack. Uh, what what this, this last paragraph, I'll read it verbatim because it's uh, – I think it's, it, it says it all. Remember, and it's, it's a little bit like a disclaimer at the end of any ad, like a, I should read this in a about two and a half times speed. Right. Also, the, the fact that it says it begins with remember goes against everything it said in the previous eight <laughs> steps. Yeah, true. Remember, everyone's experience with aging is unique and not all individuals will face these issues or view them as negative. Well, I do if you phrase them the way that they have, but that's beside the point. Yeah, if you say your health is going to go to shit and you'll get some kind of mental disease and your friends are going to die and you'll worry about dying. You'll be lonely and isolated. You'll face physical changes and other health concerns. But everything's fine. Yeah. Well, though maybe if, you, um, maybe if you're out there going, I fucking hate my friend group. <laughs> Jesus I wish Christ. they all die. Yeah. <laughs> 
You might get your wish. Yeah, maybe Jim Jones had the right idea after all. I had to cut that bit out. Anyway, let's let's finish this. This is the last thing it says. Uh, it says, many people find great joy and satisfaction in their later years through activities like travel, hobbies, volunteering, and spending time with loved ones before it's too late. No, I didn't say, didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's a, well, I think we find that all the loved ones are, de- are dead already. <laughs> they've either, well, they've either died or they've moved away. Well, you know, back in back in the sort of you know, when you're in your twenties, all your friends are getting married. Yes, they're all growing old. They're all staying <laughs> home on the weekends. They're all doing what they're told, and they're being buried. <laughs> Hello to uh, any uh, Skyhooks fans that are out there. <laughs> so anyway, what what this has made me do? I've, I've reflected upon this and realised that I can dwell in all the negativity, which for some reason this list was begging me to uh, to fall for. That sounds like a great idea. I support you 100%. Or I can change the way I look at it. Oh, yeah, I no. suppose you could do that, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've already mentioned some other things, whereas I'm just not, I just don't care about dying anymore. I don't want to die. I'm not, I'm not claiming that that's something that's desirable, but it's inevitable. And I don't think, I don't think, I'm not worried about hell. I'm not worried about the life after death. I think, I think you die and you're gone. And also, you're 60. Like, you've got no, no more chance of dying now than you did 10 years ago. Of, like, you're not dying of old age-related diseases. It's, you've, you could get, you've got as much chance of getting cancer or a dose of... Clap? Or, <laughs> well, no, that's probably increased, but... Um, well, based on the statistics of uh, over 50s. Over fifties and STIs. Uh, yeah, you've got as much chance of of suffering a case of hit by a bus now as you did before. Yeah, look, I think I think um, an actuary would probably debate that with you. Anyone who's into yes, I know. Yeah, but yes, my insurance premiums would uh, would agree with you. Mm, yeah. Uh, the um, the only thing I would say is the idea of becoming a grandparent and that kind of thing, which are upsides for some people. And that, that's often associated with going into your golden years and being a golden oldie and all that kind of crap where you, you're retired and you're looking after grandchildren and you can do whatever you like and everything, and you're travelling and going on sort of tours with your probus group and all that kind of crap. I've never bought into that kind of stuff. I've always found that a pain in the ass. And that's I don't want to be a golden oldie. I don't want to be an oldie at all. I mean... I, I, I accept I'm ageing, but I don't have to identify as that. Hmm. that. That's where I think I might have to draw the line. I think if I start going, oh, now I'm an oldie, uh, that's why I don't like the seniors card because it's, it's, it's pegging me as a senior. Yeah, see, that's one of the reasons I like the idea of a seniors card because I'd hope that when I produce it, like I get, like I get carded so that when, you know, like I, I park somewhere in an oldie spot <laughs> and, uh, and people go, hey, bullshit, mate, what's this? And, uh, and then they uh, have a look at my card and go, huh, you've stolen this. And see, that would be good. I reckon that would be beneficial. But the, probably mm. the issue would be is that if you showed them your card and they just kind of went, yep. <laughs> um, no, I, I have to say, when it comes to um, the whole uh, parking in the senior spot, I actually did that. Because um, I figured I'm, I'm 60 this year, you know. <laughs> you monster. Well, I am an old person if, by their standards, but I'm only missing out by a couple of months. Fuck the old people. So I, I parked in the senior zone 
And no one, no one abused me. No one gave me the middle finger. No one looked for the the. Apparently, you're supposed to have a a sticker on your car. No one cared. Right. They just went and went. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Same thing happened when you parked in the disabled spot. <laughs> I'm thinking of all the things I could say and don't. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my forty. That's my sixtieth birthday. I was say fortieth birthday. I wish sixtieth <laughs> birthday. It's coming next week. I'm. Not looking forward to it, but I am a bit more um, reconciled to it than I was when we first recorded this. So I think this one hopefully sounds a bit more upbeat because I am feeling more upbeat about it. Right. But, yeah, hopefully the next episode isn't Scott's funeral episode. (laughs) (laughs) Remembering Scott. (laughs) Actually, no, it would be more... Welcome to What's My Age Again with CJ. <laughs> and this week's topic is... Dealing with death. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsor. So it's time for another ad from our sponsor. The one that pays us lots and lots of money, that one. That's the one, yes. So previously we've been advertising a book called Funny You Should Ask from an author named Elwood Scott. It's time for a big reveal. I... I'm Elwood Scott. <gasps> yeah, it's just a pen name. I thought it would be easier to do, but it's actually made it more complicated. So, uh, yep, it's me. And by the way, I'm Scott, and Elwood Scott is not Scott. He's not Scott. Elwood Scott is CJ. <laughs> yes, I'm glad we've cleared that up. I'm not confusing at all. <laughs> so, aside from paying us lots of money for the Funny You Should Ask ads, I'll now be paying us lots of money for my latest release, Colin calls the help desk. I haven't sent any of this money, by the way. Yeah, I'm hanging on to it just to make sure that it's kept safe. Anyway, Colin calls the help desk is a hilarious and relatable take on the absurdities of office life. Follow Colin the koala, hold questions, as he dives into his first job and meets Graham, a cynical employee who's just hanging out for redundancy, Bob, his continually disorganised boss, and Brenda, who seems to spend most of her time telling everyone how busy she is. Now, there are a couple of questions that people have raised to me when I've told them about this book. I have questions. Not, le- not least of which, uh, the main question I get when I say the main character is called Colin the Koala is, is this a kid's book? The answer is no. Not if you want your kids to ever get a job. Because <laughs> it's a very much satirical take on all the Stupid shit that happens in an office. Uh, so I, I have questions. That's good. Questions are good. One of my questions is, okay, you've said the main character is Colin the Koala. So is the Koala a nickname, like Nicky the Llama or Oblong Doug? <laughs> nope. Colin the Koala is 100% Koala. But aren't koalas generally naked, drunk, and spend all their time sleeping or catching chlamydia? No, you're thinking of Brian from accounting. Uh, Colin actually wears a suit. He's sober. He's maybe a little naive, but he's keen. He's enthusiastic. He's incited to lean in, add value, and grab the low-hanging fruit. Uh, Did you go to university to become a writer? No, I didn't. I don't have any formal qualifications. (laughs) You see what I did there? It's Colin the Koala. No formal writing qualifications. That's the kind of high-level, highbrow humour <laughs> that you'll find in Colin Calls. Actually, it's, it, seriously, it's, uh, it is better than that. So if you have been <laughs> <laughs> available on Amazon, 
in all the backs. Hardback, like anybody's buying a hardback except for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> paperback and Razorback. <laughs> yes, it's uh, the disadvantage to the Razorback version is that when you. When it arrives, it charges through your lounge room at about uh, 25 kilometers an hour and uh, gores you to death before you get to read it. So it's, not, it's not one of the best-selling versions, I'll have to say. But uh, yes, all versions available on the Amazon. I'd love to hear your reviews. But it's always important to remember... Leave a five-oink review. <laughs> I'm writing this review for my hospital bed. I enjoyed Colin Calls the Help Desk. I slightly regret the Razorback edition. <laughs> Once my groin heals, <laughs> I'll be looking forward to book two. In, in paperback. <laughs> 4.5 stars. It lost 0.5 of a star because delivery was late. But when it came, it really came. <laughs> Colin Calls the Help Desk. Available on Amazon. So he didn't really have a big question this week. It was the big question really was, will Scott make it to 60? <laughs> <laughs> At this stage, the, the jury's still out. Trying to sex episode. Find out whether he made it. Yeah, it's a pretty big question, I think. Who knows whether I'll be back again. Let's finish it on a high note. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Oh, there are plenty older people than me. Well, some. There are some. Is there, though? (laughs) There are some. So this is me. And this is me. And if you don't find society's expectations align with how you feel... Or you just don't feel your age. Or if you've just got a half-vaguely interesting story about being (laughs) over 50, uh, drop us a line at theoldfolkshome69 at (laughs) gmail.com. Well, you can contact us on any of the socials, uh, which are some combination of old folks home and 69. (laughs) (laughs) I still reckon we should change that. Yeah, I think it's too late for that now. Anyway, thanks for listening. And remember to make sure that you get more of this exciting, valuable and beneficial content. So beneficial. (laughs) (laughs) Life-changing. You should always follow, rate and review all episodes. And if symptoms persist, see your doctor. Individual results may vary. Artist's impression may not represent actual events. Join us on the next episode of What's My Age Again? Hey, this is Scott. It's day seven of being 60 and I'm still alive, but in hiding. Send help.